0: Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Rains, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I'm so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Welcome back, Masterpiece Women. Today we have Marissa Longton with us. Welcome, Maritza. Hello, good morning. Good morning. So, Maritza is one of my dear friends' mothers, and she is a powerhouse. As a leader, and um, I'm going to have her share a little bit of her background in a minute. But what I love is watching how she has reinvented herself multiple times. You know, God is always the center of her life, and she does whatever He has called her to do. And I just love watching that process and um, I've watched it from afar and I've asked her to join us so that she can share some of that with you because she is such a great leader and has really followed the Lord. So Marissa, thank you for being here and being willing to share. I would love for you to just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your background, your business background, your ministry background. What does that look like?
1: Well, um, um, my background is I came to this country at the age of 12, so I'm a Cuban American. And as you know, um, being uh, an immigrant or a refugee, if you want to call it, at an early age, uh, especially 12, you already uh, pretty much have your foundational ideas and culture in you and then you're transplanted. In 45 minutes, I landed in the United States and everything was different, different culture. So so early in life, I learned that things can um, disappear (laughs) in a blink of an eye. And uh, so that's primarily the first impact I had as a child. Um, I pursued the Lord early, just about 13, I realized that I needed God. So my background basically was that that lost child at 12, 13, pursuing a God I knew that existed. I didn't know where the Lord was, but I know he was there somewhere. And by God, I'm going to find this God because I needed him desperately. Uh, so early in life, I started my pursuit. I, did, I didn't know at the time that actually he was pursuing me, but I thought at age 13, I was pursuing him. Um... I fell in love young, very young. I was uh, 15 years old when I met my, the father of my children. He was 17. He was also a Cuban young man, and, uh, and um, he uh, basically had my same story, and that's, I think that's the one thing that united both of us at the time. And I got married uh, young, like I said before, he went to Vietnam. So I was a very young bride and um, trying to find my way in the world. So I had my children, both my masterpieces, my two girls early. And they are uh, masterpieces.
0: You did a really good job, Mama.
1: (laughs) They are are my masterpieces. And... um, Through that experience, uh, I finished high school. I graduated from high school and through high school, uh, my first voice, uh, my refuge, my my happy place during those years uh, was art, painting. I had an amazing teacher. So even though um, I graduated and I got married and all that, art was always there. Uh, It was my happy place. It was my refuge, it was the one place Um, I was hired by American Express, also very young, and I also discovered that through uh, being in corporate America, um, I wanted to become a teacher, a trainer, so I worked for American Express for 30 years in the training department, and through American Express, I did numerous jobs uh, in human resources and uh, teaching. Uh, I retired as a manager of um, um, training and development uh, for the Latin American region in um, 2004. I'm going really fast <laughs> through my background. So I had a passion for teaching. And again, in the background, there was always that moment in time where I would go painting because painting was my thing. Um, so. So, I went to work for uh, Chemliner companies as a consulting partner. And uh, for 15 years, I traveled the world. My territory was from Canada to Chile. I would teach in Spanish and English for 15 years. And then, um, so I have a, uh, a background uh, professionally as a teacher, as a team developer. I'm also an executive coach. All of those things happen. I'm going really fast, but. All of these things that I'm telling you, whether it'll be from the first time I landed in the United States to this moment that I retired from American Express, to this moment that I started with Kim Blanchard Companies, to this moment that I retired from Kim Blanchard Companies and now I am an artist. All of these things that I'm giving you in very, very broad brushes and very fast, um, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that that God that I pursued at the age of 13 that God that I pursued, he, uh, uh, I discovered that actually that God is the love of my life. So in a, in a big brush, I'm just telling you where I am right now from beginning to end. And uh, that's my background in a really fast,
0: <laughs> very, very fast uh, way. I love it. I love it. Well, he definitely had you in a very... Um good position for who you are. I would love for you to expand a little bit about your the training that you did and the leadership um, passion that you have as well. I know you're passionate about training people. What does that look what does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? I train adults
1: and I love I have a passion for adults. Training adults. Why is that? Well, <clears throat> adults, you don't convince uh, people who are already uh, have their uh, frames of references formed in their head. You don't do that. You, you, you pretty much ask questions and you provoke uh, thought. You want them to think, you want them to analyze, you want them to engage in a conversation. And uh, that's why I like it. I like their passion, the moment, the instant. The uh, energy that comes into the room. So early in life, you know, I, I realized that that's where God wanted me to be at that time. And uh, that's what it looks like. It looks like an incredible conversation uh, where people might say to themselves, Whoa, I never thought about that. Where people learn how to listen. Listening is the hardest of all skills because listening is never about you. Listening is about somebody else. So one of the things that I love to teach is how to listen, and how to be able to enter into another world because every individual is another world. So if you allow yourself, which is the first premise, do you really wanna to listen to someone else? Do you, do, you, do you really want to enter into that person's head in a way, in that beautiful door that they're allowing? So you walk in, you walk in with no expectations. You try to walk in with no judgment. And when you do that, you discover a lot of the other stuff that you always, that was, you never realized that were irrelevant for you. And in, in fact, it was very relevant. Because one of the things the Lord said all the time, we only see in part. We do not see the whole picture. So when we listen, we might discover there's a part of the picture that we need.
0: Absolutely. I love that. So when we listen, we discover part of the picture we need. Is that what you said? Yes. I love that. That's beautiful. That's a great, great. uh, I'm gonna have to use that quote of yours. (laughs) When we listen, we discover part of the picture that we need. You know, I think as I've gone to different, you know, worked with different organizations and things over the years, that is the one of the things that I hear the most. When you have dissatisfied staff members, team members, nobody listens to me. I don't feel heard. I don't feel valued. And it's amazing if we as leaders would just stop and listen how much we could learn and how much value we gain, let alone how valuable it is for our employees and for our team members to feel heard and to feel valued. So that's a phenomenal perspective, phenomenal point to make as well. So I love that. Let's talk a little bit about your calling and um, how you've reinvented yourself a few times. Um, Let's talk first about your calling. Like right now, you're now um, leading this beautiful ministry regarding art. Share a little bit about that and how you arrived at doing that. Well, I think we, I think we put
1: our calling always in a box. Exactly. Always in a box. We think that either we're a teacher or we're this or we're that, these little boxes. And I think in God's perspective, in our divine perspective, we are calling is basically, is very simple to every day be more like him. Every day is, is that's our calling. How do, how do, We use our talents and we have many, it's not one, many talents. Um, How can we use them to be more like him? I heard of the other day, I think a pastor said something about um, do something that makes people get closer to God, whatever that is. And I think that's where I've always wanted to be. So my calling, whether it be teaching, whether it be painting, whether it be going to Publix to buy whatever, is always do something to make people get closer to God. And if we do that, if we do that, we're good. And that's why my ministry is called Sus Promesas, His Promises, because that's what this is all about. Um, as I was a teacher, when I started being a trainer, um, I was called to go to different places, and some of them were not so <clears throat> were not so safe. I always believe that the, if the Lord opened the door for me to go to a particular country, it's because there was somebody there that needed. Uh, something that I had. I didn't know whether it was a program. I was teaching secular programs, <clears throat> but Ken is actually a, a Christian fellow, so a Christian man. So, so these programs were inspired by God. <clears throat> and I can tell you many stories, but since we don't have that much time, I can only tell you, I will tell you one. Uh, I was picked up by this uh, limo service in Mexico City. And it just so happens that it was a woman, which is very rare. And as I, and where I was going, which is Santa Fe from the airport was about an hour, maybe sometimes an hour and a half. So obviously we started a conversation. And as we started the conversation, she started telling me about her problems, that she was not a believer, but that her, that her family was and this and that and the other. To make a very long story short, Within that hour, we engaged in conversation. I talked to her, and we shared some testimonies. And by the end of the trip, by the time we got to the hotel, she accepted the Lord that's as, awesome. his, as his our Savior. So, so it could be anywhere, and that's basically what our calling. Yes, our calling is to get, do something, and have that presence of mind that whatever you do, we're supposed to, like you said before, light.
0: this world amen well and i do i do find it very interesting we were talking about that um at our luncheon this month about calling and how we do put it in the box so many people think well unless i go into full-time ministry i'm not following my calling i don't know what my calling is because god hasn't called me into ministry and that is so far from what truth is what you said is just it it's every day what is he calling you to do today How can you be that light today? And He will use you in all kinds of different ways. And it's interesting because I think about my life and think about all the different callings that I've had, specifically from a vocational perspective. And they're all different and they look different. And they, but the one thing that's always the same is that God is the center of it. And it takes my passions, it takes, he gives me these passions, it gives me these dreams, it gives me these ideas. And then I have to step forward. And so many times women and, well, everybody, but of course we're talking to women today primarily, you know, they, they get fearful because they don't feel like where what they're doing is purposeful or is their quote unquote calling. But yet so many people are needed in the marketplace, building in the marketplace, Building relationships in the marketplace so that we can expand the kingdom. If everybody goes, be a you know missionary, everybody goes and you know is just working in a church, we'll never reach the lost. As a matter of fact, most people don't want to go to church oftentimes. We can reach them in other ways. And so being creative and being out with just like Jesus was, right? Jesus was out with people that. They weren't all his disciples. They were people that were broken. They were people that needed him and he was out with them. And that's how he brought them to himself. So I think that people have to kind of shift that that thinking process of, you know, I'm not following my calling if I'm working in the marketplace. And it's so far from the truth. And it's such a great mission field. And, And it doesn't mean that you only have one calling. I mean, I know personally, I have multiple things that... Um, I feel are my calling from helping women to helping them build business, helping them see that they're a masterpiece, being a mom, like there's so many things. And like you said, it's not just one box. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about your, you talked about your art. You're very passionate about art. How are you using that very passion that God put in you from years and years and years ago to now help other people through art. Can you share, How expand a little bit about that? Absolutely.
1: <clears throat> I would like to t- start talking about my art from a premise also that, <clears throat> uh, so that there's a little background here on the art uh, ministry. How am I using my art? My art really not, didn't start it uh, three years ago. Um, my art started from the premise of a young woman or a young child who didn't have a voice. So I do have a painting that I rarely I shared, rarely, from 1966, where I painted that um, I was in high school and it is a, is a young lady without a face. And that's because at the moment in time, I didn't have a voice. I couldn't speak the language. So I painted this this big painting and um, it it was a scream through my life. I, again, I used this, this moment in time where I would get away and paint with no evaluation because we live in a world that everything is performance. So we are very performance minded, but not my art. My art was the moment in time when I would get away, I would do whatever I wanted to do. And I didn't care whether people liked it or didn't like it. It was my moment with God. It was the outlet. So, um, unfortunately through my lifetime, I was not allowed to hang any of my paintings in my home. So I would, uh, but I always had uh, people who wanted them so I would give them away and things of that nature because it was a piece of myself in a way. So 2019, um, I realized that I couldn't continue traveling the way that I was traveling. And in 2019, uh, when COVID hit, I decide, I realized that I had to retire. The, the Lord had been speaking to me about that for a year and a half. So at that moment in time, when it was the right time, I realized that I had to retire. And then um, I have always talked to my, my father very simply, like a child, you're supposed to talk to your father as a child, not big words. Say, Father, what do you want me to do? Um, I'm an active woman. I've always been extremely hyperactive, and I said, "Okay, so so what now? What do you want me to do?" At that time, 2019, my husband uh, had given me what everybody calls it a "she shed," and uh, he had uh, I had there all my art, all my paintings, and all that I had. I hadn't touched all of that in two years. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me and said, Look outside, go paint. I had a dialogue with him. I said, I have not painted in two years. Is that what you really want me to do? He said, Yes, well, go paint. So in 2019, uh, the scripture came to my mind about that lady that gave the Lord that one bottle of oil that she had. And by giving that one bottle of oil, the Lord reproduced that oil. That's what he did for me. I could not stop painting. It was like uh, the first painting I did, I call it in his presence because I knew that was him painting. Wow. So I kept on painting all 2019. I kept on painting and painting and painting. I could not stop five o'clock in the morning. I already thought, you know, so I, I did that. Um, it was a moment in time. I, I, the Lord put in my path, a Christian mentor that is a, a, a this fellow is called Matt Tommy. The Pope called him to, um, like, like the Lord called you. It's very interesting, your testimony about masterpieces. The Lord called Matt Tommy to uh, gather artists from all over the world, Christian artists from all over the world, because he, the Lord said that the arts had been taken away. The enemy took away the arts, and he wanted all the artists to gather. So in 2009, I started this ministry. I discovered him. I went on. So fast forward about six, seven months into me painting, uh, I said, "Lord, what, what do you want me to do with this? And he gave me a name. He said, he gave me a name in Spanish, which is kind of rare because I think, I think in English. I do not think in Spanish. He said, call it sus promesas, his promises. So I knew it was him. So sus promesas is, uh, is uh, every picture, every painting inspired by a scripture. And I paint most of the time with worship music. And he's giving me images that come from him. And that's what sus promesas does. And um, I had um, right now, it, it's it, it, the testimony of his promesas is, is all supernatural. And I, it's all about him. Believe me, I'm just a vessel here. Um, we're beginning. I'm in the beginning stages, but at the beginning, but it's been three years. And right now, all by God's hand, I have an exhibit on DeBerry, um, which is a town very close to the land where I live in Central Florida, that is running a one woman uh, exhibit for eight weeks. Now, how did that happen? It's all God. All so, God. what eventually we, what we're going to do with Sus Promesas is fundraising to, to go where there's a need. And to talk about the sus promesas, his promises, and to do fundraising. And that's where I'm going with this, that, that people are touched by him. And that's what it is.
0: Wow. I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Oh, that's so powerful. And art is such a powerful tool to... Um, to really heal it's so healing and it's so beautiful how God can work through art I've seen um, quite a few even for ourselves we had um, an event one time with our leadership and we did these silk art paintings we all just kind of tossed colors on this silk and by the time you knew it when it was all done we looked at it and you just ask God, show me what you want me to see in it. And he shared so many really cool stories and visions for each one of us were different. Each one, there was 27 or 28 of us and every one of us had different pictures of what we saw in that painting. And it was just so powerful. So art is such a powerful tool to share with, you know, people, it's healing. I've, I know a lot of people use art for even, um, autistic and different, you know, um, other things, children that have autism and they use art for, um, therapy. And so it's such a powerful thing. And to bring all these Christian arts together, like you're talking about, and being able to really make an impact, um, is awesome. And so who is your vision, Maritza, to share your art with, like, When you think about like, who is your, I say avatar, because that's a businesswoman coming out in me, but like, when who is that person that God has said, okay, share it with this group of people? Is there anyone specific or is he saying just share it with the masses?
1: You already said it, marketplace, because the art is the instrument that the Lord is using for me to open doors, to share his his promesas. Uh, April 9th was the opening for this exhibit that I just mentioned before. This is Marketplace. It's a beautiful gallery in the Bay It's actually a performance art center. And I didn't know who was gonna show up. So before it even opened, I'm just there. And uh, this woman comes in, runs into the carts because I have, not only do I have paintings, but I have blankets, I have cars, I have anything that I can do. To bring people into the color so that I can have the conversation. So this woman runs in, grabs a card, and this is what comes out of her mouth. Oh, I have to live by, I live by this, this Psalm 91, under the shadow. I live by this Psalm 91. Now, my the 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 place is empty at this time, there's only us. And and this particular card was an image the Lord gave me this image. It was all him. So I walked to her, I said, can I give you a little background about this image? She said, sure, sure, sure. So I started explaining how through listening to worship. And then she looked at me and she looked around every picture around. And she said, yeah, yeah, but God is in every image in this place. That was it for me. Yeah, That was it. Because again, it goes back to the purpose. If we know our purpose in Christ, do something, whatever that is. To get people closer to me. Whatever that is, just do it. And that that is a, a, that was a moment at that place. So the, to answer your question, the marketplace, but you've asked me uh, several questions that I know that you want me to dive in. And one was uh one of the things that we need to know as Christian women. You are not for everybody. You're not for everybody. Jesus is not. Jesus was rejected. And that's where the vulnerability comes in. And the authenticity comes in. It might be painful. As a matter of fact, it will be painful. So we also have to acknowledge that through the miracle, we also have to acknowledge that the miracle is the cross. And we have to be willing to carry that cross. And we have to be willing to say, we're here to talk about the Lord. We're here to We're, we're here to glorify him and you will be rejected. And it's okay. It's fine. So he was.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, you know, you think about it. So, so much of, what holds people back is the fear, the fear of rejection. What are people going to think about me? What are people going to say? And you hit it right nail on the head there, Maritza. Like, it's okay. The, not everyone is going to be attracted to you, but that's okay. God's going to put the right people at the right time at the right place. And you just do what he calls you to do. And the rest is on him. That's right. That's correct. So true. So true. So talk to us a little bit about your reinventing yourself. Like, what did that look like? Because you have, I mean, you've done some really cool things and uh, I saw my teenager, really cool things, (laughs) but I love that, you know, you, here you are at retirement age and you're not stopping. So talk to us a little bit, like, what were some of the practical things you had to do And even when the enemy was maybe, you know, pressing on you and giving you doubts, what were the things that you did to overcome the doubts, the fears, the get out of your comfort zone and just say, yes, like what were some practical things that you implement in your life? Because you have reinvented yourself. And I think it's really powerful to learn from people who've already gone before you. So share a little bit about that for you from a practical perspective. Well, a practical perspective, I think I'm going to go back
1: to uh, the ending of my marriage with uh, my uh, former husband. Um, I was uh, 64 at the time. And um, out of nowhere, in one morning, when I discovered that obviously uh, this marriage was over, um, my life changed immediately. I was married 45 years, like I mentioned before, and I got married very young. So I had zero experience of how to face the world as a single woman Mm. at age 64. So for me, that was a calling to run to my father's arms in a huge way. I think, as a, because you said practical, the first thing we need to acknowledge in situations such as that, it could happen to anybody, anytime, not necessarily as, a, as a, at the end of a marriage, it could happen in so many other ways. You have to know where you're at. You have to diagnose yourself. I knew at the time that I was 64, But emotionally, I was 15 because I had never been in that position before. So I was very immature. And I went to my father and I said, help me. At that moment in time, I have to say that I was in shock for 18 months. And we have to recognize that too. You have to recognize when to be still. You cannot rush into decisions that you have no clue how to make. And you cannot rush into decisions when your emotions are involved. Because that's a disaster.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, so you have to pause. You have to be still. Because the Lord is working out everything in your life in the background but you have to be still and be in prayer and just put one, one step in front of the other and do whatever is important at the moment, whether it be taking care of your children. In my case, it was not so. My child were already, my, both my girls were grown women. They are grown women. So, so for me, it was the first lesson was be still. Besides that, when you're at that moment in time it was forgiveness you cannot forgiveness in a christian is not an option because forgiveness is about you mostly it's about you forgive forgiveness is essential because if you don't forgive, you cannot listen to god you will not hear his voice so immediately that i realized what had been going on I forgave my my ex-husband that was immediately and I don't that was the Holy Spirit in me that was not me it was the Holy Spirit in me immediately so forgiveness and be still Uh, after that um, I, I talked to the Lord and I have to realize that God listens that God is with you And the Lord said, I said, Lord, I'm living in a museum. I want a house that's full of memories. And the Lord said to me, take, take, take away all the pictures that cause you pain. And I did that. I went around the room and I took all the pictures. And then he said, put in place all the pictures that cause you joy. And I did that. So what does that tell you in a practical, in a practical application, reinventing, reinventing yourself, reinventing yourself means that you have to be very honest with yourself, brutally honest. You have to recognize where you're at. You have to ask for help. You have to go to your father. You have to be still. You have to pray. You have to forgive. That's practical in a Christian woman. Then after I did that, I said, Lord, what do you want for my future? And it's amazing when I said future, what do you want for my future? Immediately you said that the Lord starts opening doors, new people. are coming to your life. This is actually a funny story, but not so funny at the time. I, uh, there were two things I did. I had never been single, had always been married. So I recognized that I needed to learn how to be single. So what do singles do? How do singles think? So I went to a divorce care, which is a ministry that, um, at Calvary
0: Chapel, I I was a remedial student. I had to go twice. (laughs) I went to it too. Can I tell you, I, I I can't even express to you how valuable that course was for me, because when I got divorced, I recognized that all the pain that I'd walked through. And there was a lot of it that I was choosing people because of my background that were not healthy for me. And Correct. so I literally did a two year as they recommend, you know, took two years, didn't date, didn't do any of that. And I really grew and started discovering what is it that was broken in me that was still choosing people that were not healthy for me. So if anybody on this podcast is listening and you're walking through a divorce, please find a divorce care in your area. And sorry for the advertisement there, Maritza, but that is so powerful because that course was life-changing for me. And obviously you went through it twice. It was good for you as well. I
1: had to go twice because the first time is like, what, what is this? So I recognized as I went to divorce care, I, um, a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, she is a she is the mother of a pastor, and she opened a singles group um, uh, study, and I said, I need to go there. So through going to the World Square, meeting new people, meeting new people that um, were in the same boat that I was, listening to others, actually their walk was even more difficult than mine, um, and then I went to the singles group. And this is kind of a funny story because the first night that I got, that I went to this uh, singles group Bible study, I, I walk in and uh, there was, uh, I started saying funny things, you know, with a friend of mine that was there. That so a lady that I had met at the scare she was there with me. And uh, we started looking around and I said, oh my gosh, I look at all these single people. What am I going to do here? Who's here? And I'm looking around, you know, who looks interesting to you? I'm saying to Alicia, who's interesting to you? I was just joking. And then I looked out and there by, by backing the pool, there was a group of people and there was this particular fellow standing there looking at his uh, phone. And I just jokingly, I said to Alicia, Alicia, you know, that guy looks kind of interesting. And... Um, So that's the fellow that eventually I got married with.
0: I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a great story. So go to divorce care and then go to singles once you've gone through it. (laughs) You're looking for a good
1: husband. But (laughs) the the thing thing about it is that when you talk about reinventing yourself, you have to look at the fact that the world, that, that your life is not over. Your life is not over. And uh, you have to recognize the fact that you cannot allow other people to dictate when your life is over. God dictates when your life is over. He does, not other people. So you you change your premise. You change your focus. One of the things I learned through studying um, coaching and by the way, I became an executive coach through this period of three years because God, that's what God took me to learn coaching because coaching is forward thinking. Coaching, that's why executive coaching is so important because it changes your, 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 your focus. And when you do that, one of the most important things is like right now I'm sitting in outside in my, in my porch. If you want to change your focus, all you have to do is change your geography. If you're sitting this way, just look at the window. It changes everything. So change your focus. And that's how you reinvent yourself. You open another space. You open another, another, another vision. You do vision boards. You do all kinds of things. But there's the one thing you need to do, though, before any of this happens. You have to be willing. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to leave behind everything else. God will help you. I mean, God will be walking through you all this, but reinventing means that you are willing to find
0: a new vision in your life. Absolutely. You have to be open to it and really, um, start taking steps forward. And I believe that when you're reinventing, I know when I reinvented myself, it was scary and it was not easy, but it was one step at a time. And I look back now, and as a matter of fact, it was such an amazing thing um, with a group of people this week that we had this amazing encounter of watching how God had just literally planned every single step of this Um, relationship that was formed on at our luncheon on Thursday. And it's a very long story. So I won't get into it, but it was so powerful because we watched every single step. And I look back at all the steps over the last 12 years that it took for us to get to that place and the different people that had to be obedient, that had to hear his voice and that had to do it you know, to connect with the people or to um, follow his calling in a certain direction so that every piece of that puzzle came together. And we saw it come together on Thursday where there's this incredible relationship built, this incredible thing that transpired. And we're like, wow, when you really pay attention and you really are focused and you're willing and you're you're just, even if you're not 100% sure, just move forward. (laughs) Move forward and he'll keep guiding you in those steps because sometimes it's scary. And that's the best thing you can do is to take those steps forward. So we're almost out of time. So I would love for you to share what would be that one piece of advice? Maybe somebody gave it to you in the past, or maybe you've just, you've discovered it on your own from teaching all the leadership and being a coach. What would be the one piece of advice you'd give any woman who is starting a business or who's in business? or ministry as a leader, what would be that greatest piece of advice you'd leave the ladies with today?
1: Very profound. I will give you, <laughs> it, it, it's very profound. I, I, I'm going I'm to give you just two really quickly. <laughs> inch by inch, everything is a cinch. That very profound statement. I love it. I'm writing it down,
0: inch (laughs) by inch.
1: Everything is a inch. So that very profound uh, (laughs) statement was given to me at the age of 20-something by a pastor's wife. Obviously, that developed later on in other scriptures because God tells one day at a time, one step at a time, just don't stop. And, and, And the other thing that I want to tell you really quickly, do not fall into the scene of perfection because the only (laughs) man because the only perfect is him so you just do it if you messed up good messing up is good
0: so just keep on going amen amen so many people get paralyzed because they won't start till they have it down perfect and they never get started exactly yeah Wonderful. Well, thank you Maritza for being with us today. You are just a wealth of knowledge and vision and purpose. And I'm excited to see how God uses us together in the future. Cause you know what? He is creating this incredible movement of women all over the world coming together for his purpose, for his plan. And I'm excited to have you um, join us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. God bless you all. Thank you, Maritza. Have a great. Ladies, if you haven't joined our membership site, you definitely want to do it. We now have a 30-day free trial on our Masterpiece membership tools to help you build an online business, tools to build a business, mindset programs, Christian Uh, We have think and grow rich with the biblical application that we're walking through together weekly calls with our leaders, with uh, other women in the community, just growing together, building everything that God has called you to do. We can do together in community and grow stronger. And it's just so rich to do it together. So definitely join us and get 30 days free. And we look forward to seeing you soon.